Uh, okay, guys, we're at the top of Dafdala, the Manalaf. The last thing we talked about was uh, the idea that um, the comparison of the Kamisha Nagav Shor, Chamor, Vigamav, and Nasambu Ad Lakol. So we said uh, the same thing with the Shota, right? The Shota who is sort of displaying different types of strange behaviors, so that person also can. Uh, can be uh, also like considered to be a shota because of a, a multitude of strange behaviors. So Amar Papa, second line here, Dalamanav. Amar Papa Ishmiyale Ravuna Ha Ditanya Ezehu Shota Zehama Abid Komash and Notinlo Haba Hadurbe. So Rapapa says that for Huna who made this statement where right, he says Ashi Ukulam Babat Acha, that's the statement Huna made, that they have to have all these things. If he had only heard this following Braita then he would have retracted his statement. Meaning, remember, the Amoraim were expected to, um, to know every single Mishnah, but they weren't expected to know every single Braita. Nonetheless, a Braita can come along and negate the words of an Amora. We're not blaming him for that, but it can happen. So he said, if only Rav Huna had heard the following Braita, it tells us, Ezo Shota, who's a Shota? It's a Ma'abi Komash Odin, or somebody who like destroys whatever they give him. That's a Shota. So he knew that, he would retract. They ask, They ask the question, when we said that he would retract the statement, do we mean that just because of the guy who tears his own garments? Because that's similar to this type of idea of destroying what they give him. And then he would have said that that alone would have been uh, enough to consider someone to be a shota, as opposed, uh, a shota as opposed to the other, the other things. Uh, or maybe he would retract all of that. That's his take. Uh, that, that's unresolved. That's also it's like almost a like almost impossible question to resolve. But it's all speculation. Like you know, if you were like uh, in court, you'd be like hearsay or speculation. You know, I don't know, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Whatever they would object, the objection would be, right? Because I used to know what Rafuna would have done had he theoretically heard this price. Okay, now we move to the next part of the mission. Next mission is part of the mission is have a tumtum be androgynous. Also, a tumtum and androgynous are exempt. Remember, a tumtum is a person who has no clear sexual organs, and androgynous is a person who has both male and female sexual organs. Okay, that's called the hermaphrodite. So, Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan. We learn in the bright as follows. Zechor, okay, this is like the word Zechorcha, Yivra Echol Zechorcha, but we're coming off the cuff for a second. If it only said the word Zechor, Lahutziyat Hanashim. That means males, that comes to exclude females. Zechorcha, your males, Lahutzi Tumtum Beandroganos, that comes to exclude also the Tumtum Beandroganos, who are not exactly males either, but sort of like in a little more questionable state. Kol Zechorcha, all of your males, Lerabot, that comes to include Etaktanim, the chosen. Okay, now we're analyzing the whole thing. Amar Mar, it was stated, Zechor, Lahoti Etanashim, the Zechor comes to exclude women, the Gemara says, Halam Alikra. This, why do I need a puzzle for? Michte, let's see. Mitzvah, that say, Shazman Gramahu, right, the Mitzvah of the Olati Re'iyah is. Uh, and you know, Aliyah the Regal, this is a Mr. Seshes Mangrama. The co Mr. Seshes Mangrama, Nashim Piturot, and we're never exempt from Pazatan by Mitzvot. So, if that's already true, it's a very important principle in Drashas. If we already know it from other sources, you don't need a special positive to tell you it's true. Okay? The Gemara says, no, Isserich. The Brighton thinks it's necessary to have this extra Pazak of Zechor. Why? Sakadada, Hamina, Nelef, Ria, Ria, Mehakel. What am I thought to say? I should derive the Gzera Shava, Ria, Ria. From Hakel that we just saw. You might have said, Jezus over there, women are certainly obligated, right? Hakel are explicitly included. Maybe you say the same thing is true here. When it comes to the Re'ia, the women will also be uh, uh, obligated. Okay, so we say it like this again, the, the, the thought process would be like this. 
really, maybe they should be Peturo because not Mitzvah Shesh Esma Grama. Abu with Xerah Shavu from Hako Tishri Chayavuk. Hamash Malaz, the Gamazan the Pasuk, the Chor, and tells that they're exempt. Okay, so it's like a three step process to go back to where we were, that's where we started in the first place, but you had to get rid of all those different things. Okay, great, that was that one. Amamar Zechor Chaloti Tumtim Vandrogonus. Okay, so that next part of the Bright is telling us to exclude Tumtim Vandrogonus. Bishama Androgonus, I understand it works well for an Androgonus, is Terechani the Pasuk. Now I would think to say that since he has an element of maleness, right, he has a male sexual organ, so he should be obligated just like males. Kamash Malan comes to teach us, the Pasha comes to teach us that the androgynous is considered to be a separate type of creation, meaning he's not male, he's not female. He's not both male or partially male and partially female. He's something else. He's called androgynous, and therefore he's excluded. So that I understand why he deposited to tell me that special din. But when it comes to the tumtum, sfeikahu. A tumtum, it's not that the tumtum is a special creation. A tumtum, we just don't know. There's no identifiable sexual organs. But clearly, a tumtum is either a male or a female, something. So me isterich kralim ute sfeika. Do I need a pasuk to a limit to exclude a suffix? Now this is actually just a quick sidebar for a second. This is a really interesting Ian point, um, which we're not going to get into because of the nature of what we're doing here. But to explore, there is a principle that the Torah deals in vadai situations. The Torah deals with definitive cases. It doesn't deal with suffix cases. We have to, to contend with suffix cases. But that's not what the Torah deals with. And therefore, when the Torah says all the males should come to uh, do aliyah l'regal and bring the olat re'iyah, if you have a situation where a person is suffolk male, suffolk female, or suffolk whatever, that doesn't that doesn't weigh in. Of course, that person would not be obligated by the Torah because the Torah doesn't deal in suffolk. The Torah doesn't doesn't say, oh, we're obligating all suffolk people too. It doesn't deal with suffolk. It deals with vadai. Okay, so therefore, I don't need the pasuk based on that. So why would I need the pasuk? Okay, and that's an important thing. It's just, you can think about that. You can sort of like think about that. And there are a lot of sugyes where that comes up. So Amar Abaye Abaye says no. Uh, the pasuk is nesser as follows: Shabetzav mi bachutz. It's a case where the person's testicles are external to the body, and everything else is internal. So there's sort of an indication that the person is a man, even though he's not really uh, displaying the normal physical characteristics. Look at Rashi a little bit above the page. Shabetzav mi bachutz. Ela shahagid tamun. The gid means the the penis itself is hidden. To havade zacharu. He's definitely a zachar. So that's when you deposit to exclude him, because that person, even though we know he's a male definitively, is not a suffix. If it was suffix, for sure he'd be excluded. Okay, the, the Torah doesn't talk about that. But this person, we know they're male, it's just you can't see the regular um, um, you know, sexual organs. So nonetheless, that's what the process is coming to exclude. Yeah. Where do you get that from? Like, you just, that's by suggesting it has to be eliminated in a situation like that. Otherwise, it's just a suffix, there's nothing to talk about. Okay. Good. Amar Amar, kol zechorcha. They come to the whole, all, all your males. The rabot v'tani. Okay, it comes to include children. Okay, whenever you have including children, it's going to create some difficulties. I'm sure you can imagine what the difficulties would be when talking about talking about including children in the obligation. V'hatna, but we learned in a brayta. Excuse me, in our Mishnah, chutz mechere shote v'katan. It's so weird. We have this brayta that just said kol zechorcha comes to include children. Our our Mishnah explicitly said. Ex- and we're excluded Chereshota and Katan. So what's going on here? So I'm by by again comes to the rescue. Lo Kasha Kam Bakatan Shekilachinok Kam Bakatan Shlogilachinok. So once talking about Katan who's reached the age of education of training. So that's our Brayta Kol Zechorcha Kol Zechorcha comes to include children. But our Mishnah was talking about children who are Lo Higilachinok. Mar says wait a minute. 
Chatan Shagil Chunuch, the Rabbanani. What are we talking about? A child who reached the age of Chinuch, it's very nice to say they're included in the mitzvah. But no one would ever suggest that kids obligated, a child's obligated midah or right to do the mitzvah. It's a nice thing, Chinuch, midah or abundant. We have a principle that you're supposed to educate the child. But you can't say the Pazakolzuch, the Torah itself, is telling us you have to bring children who are Gil the age of Chinuch. No way. You're right. You're right. The Pazak was similar, uh, simply an Asmachta. Right? An Asmachta is a Durabana law that we sort of hinge on or you know, hook up to a Torah Pazak. The Mara says, okay, but that's that's very nice. But the Ella Kralo Mayata. So what's the but then what's the puzzle coming for? I Meaning if it's true that Kol Shorcha is not a real drasha, it's just an asmachta. So what is Kol Shorcha therefore? Why do you need Kol? That's like an extra word. So Gemara says, look at Achirim. This is in accordance with the opinion of Achirim. Remember, Achirim is Rabbi Meir. Remember, Rabbi Meir was a student of Elisha ben Avuya. Elisha ben Avuya was the Tana who went off the derech, became a heretic. So he's referred to by the Gemara as Achir. Okay, he appears a couple times in Shas as Elisha the Vuya, Pirkei Avot, this one example, but uh, but he's referred to as Achir most of the time. Rabbi Meir, who continued to be a student of of, of Elisha ben Avuya even afterwards, so he's referred to as Achirim sometimes. Okay, why sometimes Achirim, sometimes Rabbi Meir? I don't know. Maybe do a PhD thesis on that. Okay, Ditanya, as the Brayta says as follows: Achirim Omer, Achirim says the following people are exempt. Hamikametz, a person who's a mikametz is a person who gathers together uh, feces for the purpose of tanning hides. Okay, I guess that was part of the thing, part of the process. So it's pretty gross. Ve'amitzare, for somebody who smelts metal. And nechosha, mitzare nechosha, he smelts a copper. Ve'habursi, a bursi is a tanner. Okay, so he's, uh, he actually tans the hides. They're all pturim in ha'riyah. They're all exempt from this mitzvah of ha'riyah. Why? Mishum shenemar, kol zechorcha, all of your mills. This means only somebody who's able to grow up with all the other men. Comes to exclude these guys who are not ra'ui. They're not suitable. Why are they not suitable to go with everybody else? Basically because of their jobs, they stink. Okay, they stink, and it's really unpleasant to be around them. So you don't want the borsi or the mikamates or the mitzareif to be joining you because they really like they reek like it's, the, the Gemara has it several places especially about Borsi that uh, it's such a uh, smelly profession that like the Gemara gets and talks about this about like can you divorce your husband if he's a Borsi like it's just like it's so unpleasant so these guys they can't come so they're exempt don't come okay yeah moving on the Mishnah said Nashim Babidim it says uh, women and uh, un, uh, unfreed slaves remember that almost all the time when the Gemara or Mishnah talks about an Evid it's talking about Evid Okay, the uh, Canaanite slave who has to do mitzvah generally like a woman. We'll see that how it works out here. Okay, the Gemara says Bishlama, and every has to do all mitzvah. Bishlama nashim kidamran. It works well for women, as we said already before, right? And we discussed earlier today. El avadim but what's the source that avadim are exempt? Amar el pnei haadon Hashem. The pasuk continues that they come to see el pnei haadon Hashem, the face of the master Hashem. Misha endo ela adon echad adon acher. So it refers to only somebody who has one master, meaning Father in heaven. That's the one who is obligated to come, as opposed to somebody who um, has another master, a human master. Where it says, Ha Lama Likra. I don't need a puzzle for this. Mikhte again, let's see. Kol mitzvah sheha isha chayevitba, evid chayabba. Kol mitzvah shein ha isha chayevitba, ena evid chayabba, de gummer la la me isha. I don't understand. Why do we need a separate puzzle to exclude an evid? We already know that an evid has. Uh, the same halachic status, essentially, in terms of mitzvah obligation as a woman. As the Gemara tells us, there is a Xerah Shava La La from a woman. 
Okay, Rashi says here, the point is, use the same language, so we know the halacha is that way. So if the woman's already excluded, boom, the ev is excluded. Why do we have to have this special idea of El Pnei Hadon Hashem? So Amaravina, Ravina says, Lo Nitzucha Ela Lamisha Chetzu Eve Vechetzu Ben Choren. So this is that idea we had earlier in the, the Mazakal already. This is necessary for somebody who's half and half. Daikanam, you can actually infer this. If you read the Mishnah carefully, it works out pretty well that it's going to be a half and half person. The person is half free and half slave. The Katani, as we learned in the Mishnah, Nashim Babadim Sheinam Mishucharim. My Sheinam Mishucharim. What does it mean that they're not freed? If it means they're not free at all, you just say plain old Avadim. That would be enough, right? Slaves, that's what slaves are. They're not free. You don't have to say slaves who aren't free. It's like rubbing it in. Oh, you're a slave who's not free? Like, what do you mean? I suppose that's a slave who is free? Like, not, we don't need to have that. Rather, it must mean who's not completely free. What does that mean? Right? Somebody is half and half. We move on ahead. Again, the way that just to review, the way we, that happens is a person uh, and a partner buy a slave jointly. One of them frees the slave. One of them doesn't free the slave. So then we have the whole machloka, how you're supposed to behave. But the point is that that person is a half and half status. Okay. Moving on in the mission. The mission is the hachiga v'asuma v'achola v'azakin. You have the person who's lame, person who's blind, person who's ill, and a person who's elderly. Tamil Rabbanim, we learn in the Bright as follows, Rigalim, we've had the word, we've had this drasha before, Rigalim Pratobale Kabin, right, so Rigalim, right, we should be said, even though it means like the holidays, it also means, means like legs, so it comes to include somebody who has artificial legs. Devarachir, another uh, interpretation is Rigalim Prat comes to exclude the Chiger Belachola Belasuma Belazakain, Vishenu Yachola Lo Braglov. Right, comes to exclude these people who basically can't walk up to the Yvet Migdash. Right, they are lame, sick, blind, or elderly, or anybody who can't go up with on his feet. Or says Vishenu Yachola Lo Braglov Latuimai. Okay, it's very nice. We understand the, the exclusion of these four people. But once we quoted this bright time, we have this fifth thing. Like, oh, and also anybody else who can't uh, go up in their feet. What does that come to exclude? Like, that, that basically covered it. Chiger, Chola, Suma, Zaken. Who else can't can come? So Amarava, Rava says, La'atuye Mifanke. La'atuye Mifanke. It comes to exclude. Mifanke are people who are basically uh, spoiled or pampered. Tichtiv, as it says, Ki tavo le'ra'ot panai mi bikesh zot mi'etchem ramos chatzerai. The Pasuk says in Yeshayahu, talking about this, this is a famous uh, parak in Yeshayahu where Hashem is criticizing, or the Nabi is criticizing the Israel for basically doing a lot of the rituals, but they're doing them in a way that sort of are second rate and uh, not recognizing more important principles. So it says, who, uh, when you come to see my face, who asks this from you, the ramos chatzerai, those who trample my courtyards? And the idea is trampling my courtyards means um, people who came wearing shoes. That, uh, you know, the halach is you're not allowed to wear shoes on har habayit. Right? If you go visit har habayit, so one of the halach is you have to take your shoes off. Because you can't wear, like, 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 like on Yom Kippur, you can't wear uh, regular shoes. So um, they will be barefoot to somebody who is very... Uh, who's very uh, uh, spoiled, let's say, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't want to take their shoes off because it's like uncomfortable for them to walk around barefoot. So that type of person actually is not obligated in the uh, mitzvah of re'il, which is kind of a shocking uh, idea. Okay, but that takes us to the end of the omelet for today. We'll, we'll continue Bezrat Hashem tomorrow.